legendary loyal listeners. Welcome to the Bantering Bards. The podcast for nerds like you. That's right. Um, today we have a fun guy episode. Wow. <laughs> You're a fun guy. <laughs> um, yeah, today we are going to be talking about the magical, the mystical mushrooms world of mushrooms and the, fungi yes um you just want to dive right in then you don't even uh no to... let's talk a little bit about what's going on we played D last week or a little over a week ago we play D every week yeah well, um that was a fun um session um no combat actually you guys just uh had some social encounters i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> also jason i'm bored <laughs> Yeah, it was a little shorter of a session, and we talked a lot, um, where we haven't the first couple sessions. We talked a lot last session, just between each other, table talk. Do you uh, mean role-playing? Uh, both, actually. We did a lot of role-playing, where Johnny role-played with uh, one of the characters, NPCs. She did quite a bit. Um, but then we also talked amongst ourselves. We did a lot of... Uh, do you mean in-game talking? Not in-game talking. Okay. Out-of-game talking that just we were delayed the, the game itself. Yeah, correct. Shooting but, the mother. you know, it's game. also having fun, enjoying each other, so it doesn't all have to be about the game. Mm, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, D&D is always a good time. It's always fun. Well, little Yoda has come to say hi. Okay. And join in the podcast. The listeners can't see, so yeah, <laughs> you I don't know. need but to point here. that out. And he's giving our he's giving sending his love out to all. Oh, yes. that's cute. Would he really? Not really. He's a crusty old man. Yeah. He's more like you guys are taking my time away from my parents of giving me attention. Yeah, I want lovings all the time. Um, how was your week? We did take this week off of D and D because I've been super busy with my candle business yes doing well making beautiful candles new designs yes it's been fun um in fact i do want to do a, a bogo if you purchase a candle through from now through the end of october um it's going to be bogo buy one get one free no, you'll be entered into a raffle. Sorry. <laughs> you'll be entered into a raffle. So if you purchase a candle between now and halloween Ooh, that'll be fun. I'll pick yeah, one. Yeah, 31st we of should, October. We should drop an episode on Halloween, and I announce the winner. That would be so cool. So between now and... Then it would be October 30th if October we're going to do it 30th. on the 31st. Yeah. Yes. So if you purchase a candle over on my little etsy shop or you can purchase it through me if i know you um my etsy shop is sassy jalapeno designs um you can also find the link on my bio on instagram and you can find me from our instagram on the bantering bards or sassy jalapeno um they're really pretty but also they smell amazing i use very high quality ingredients I mean, the burn time is just forever. All soy, 100% natural, organic, um, with wooden wicks. So it causes, or it, it creates a low flame. So it's not like this huge fire and burning through the fragrance and the soy quickly. So anyways, they are 
You get what you pay for, people. It is a quality item. It is a high quality item. High quality item. Um, but I would very much encourage you to go check them out because the designs are really pretty. They make beautiful gifts. That's basically what I'm doing a lot of right now. A lot of commissioned, personalized, custom work. And I do that too um, for people who are just gifting them to other people. You also just made a really cool sign for your brother. Yes. And I will add more of that on my Etsy shop too. Yeah. Did um, you post that on Instagram yet? On Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a really cool sign. Thank um, you. Yeah. Very, very well done. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a crafter. She's a crafty bitch. Um, so yeah, if you want anything personalized, made, you name it, I can probably do it. She's very crafty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, working through that okay. graphic design. Anyways, enough about me. Anything else you want to say <laughs> about before we get uh, let's dive see. in? Cool stuff happening this week. Um, I've got a little mystery at work. Uh, we have a part we're making. It's a single bladed propeller for a UAV. Um, for another company and they were having trouble with the blade angle um, not being the same on every blade that came out which is odd for injection molded parts I mean you will see small variations especially in such a thin light long part but it shouldn't be as much as they were seeing so we've been doing a bunch of what? research trying to figure yeah, out how, how is that happening? and why it's happening. And we have come to the conclusion that it's definitely in a post-machining operation. Um, they drill some holes through the, so like the hub of this. Them. No, it's just really hard to hold the part correctly to drill it right. Um, that's the biggest problem, how yeah, we so hold the part it. correctly. Um, and it's just, it's hard to explain. There's not very many flat regular surfaces to hold the part off of right i get um, it so it's sort of bending it out of shape yeah. it's not no that's that's not it. it's just not holding it straight and perpendicular so when they go to drill through it the hole doesn't get drilled through straight the hole gets drilled at an angle and then that causes the blade angle to be slightly off which is causing Warped. variation <laughs> yeah. which is causing variation in their flight control um software and their software is capable it's just working really hard to keep the um blades all spinning with the same so did you guys figure out a solution we're working on it we are yeah we've gotten it really really close um but they're still off a little bit where where you can hold uh, places where you can hold it yeah so i built um we built a uh, what are called soft jaws for the vice that we have and the jaws themselves have one of the part of surfaces, <laughs> one of the part surfaces machined into it, so that we can put the part onto that soft jaw and then tighten up with the other side and hold Lock off of jaw. one of the very important flat surfaces. And it's really small um, compared to the 18-inch blade. Um, so yeah, now we're holding it there Dang, and an we're figuring blade. it out. We still have a little bit of a rotational issue on it and that's what i'll be focused on monday trying to figure out how to solve the rotation issue but once we do that the part should come out really well and excited and it was fun it was like a little mystery i spent all week yeah, solving cool. why it, why they were getting these you're um, so smart bad to readings. figure that out i wouldn't uh, even know well it was my boss and i together both of our brains well, working together yeah yeah, that's yeah cool. my boss brad Stahl, is a very smart smart um, man engineering brain um, yeah yeah. mathematical yeah he visualizes things sometimes that are like even hard for me he's like trying to explain it to me i'm like you're gonna have to draw that out because i do not understand <laughs> oh. what you're saying <laughs> well, i wouldn't stand a chance okay 
let's dive in. Yeah, dive into the fun guy episode. To the magical, <sighs> mystical world of mushrooms. Also, if you have not seen Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, mushrooms are a very complicated, in-depth subject matter. Like, extremely. There, it's it's they're amazing. Uh, extremely um, important to the ecological functions of our Earth um, and every small microclimate. We wouldn't in the be world. here without no. fungi. Um, anyways, Fantastic Fungi does a really good job of not overcomplicating it and the network and all that. Anyways, very cool. So today we are going to be talking about mushrooms, and I got my information from my favorite book as of currently right now um, called Fungipedia, a brief com- compendium. I don't even know what that compendium. means. Of mushroom lore, and that is written by Lawrence Millman. Um, cute little, I guess, dictionary, basically. Yeah, almost uh, like a traveler's guide to mushrooms, Yes, right? it's very cute. It's like a purple cover. It has the iconic mushroom on the... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Mushroom World. The Mushroom <laughs> Galaxy. <laughs> and it's got cute little illustrations by Amy Jean Porter. Um, so anyways, that's where I'm getting most of my information so if anything's wrong do not come at me no, i'm just kidding <laughs> do not come for me uh also this is um stephanie has done the research on this so i am kind of learning, learning along with learn. you guys um, i do know i have seen the fantastic fungi or most of that documentary um most of it you didn't watch it yeah i did i watched it with you but i was also doing other things while it was on so i was oh, not ladies entirely and gentlemen, focused. let me tell you he's trying to make an excuse <laughs> as to why he's not as educated on mushroom subjects. Uh, maybe subconsciously <laughs> that was not a conscious decision but certainly subconsciously I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. um okay so what are mushrooms mushrooms are fungi they're not plants they're not animals they're more cl- closely related to us they are than a separate plants. kingdom. Yeah. Um, did you know there's approximately over 148,000 different species of mushrooms? That seems low to me. 148,000? Okay, don't. I Googled that really quickly, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But that was that's a lot. I mean, that is a large number, but I think they're finding like 10,000 species of insects a year in the rainforest. Okay, well, we're not talking about <sighs> insects. That's true, but I just, I would have, I, that surprised me. That seems low. I wonder if, you know. Yeah. Um, they eat, like, dead stuff, basically. They decompose. Get, decompose all of the dead stuff so that new stuff, new life can begin. Yeah, um, kind of a, essential to the cycle of life, right? Yeah. And then many species, like, literally grow overnight. Like, it is rapid. Like, Wow. Most species, most of them. Um, and then this fun little fact was, um, there, the Chernobyl fungus eats nuclear radiation. Is it, wait, is it called the Chernobyl fungus or is there a... That might be the nickname. I don't know the scientific name. But it's Um, a fungus that was living in the Chernobyl area. Yep. Has, has grown or fed off the radiation. And they call it radiosynthesis, basically. Using the radioactive energy yeah well it's good it's getting rid of that's like the beautiful thing about mushrooms they get rid of like 
the stuff that is poisonous or bad for our environment or to us. Break it down into yes. useful ingredients yes. so other things can live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, quick thing. I saw a video, and it was a clip from a Joe Rogan interview with the guy from Fantastic Fungi, the the mushroom guy who yeah. was uh, the I, one who I, I like dropped hell of mushrooms and climbed yeah. the tree. Yes. <laughs> that magical yeah. experience. Uh, that guy, um, and he was saying awesome. how um, there was these old growth forests that um, this fungus grew in and basically killed off all the trees. And then decomposed them all, and they were. Wait, the trees were alive. The trees were alive. Something the was wrong with them. The fungus grew. The fungus ate all of the trees, and in certain areas, not the entire forest, just right. certain areas, but created meadows. They were literally meadow generators, and those Shut meadows the became the life source for the animals in the forest, and the animal life exploded after this fungus had come through. And created these um, meadows. Uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, my yeah. mind, you guys should see my face. I'm doing the Johnny Stroke, which. <laughs> the Johnny Stroke. <laughs> Johnny is, is a friend of ours. <laughs> She's also our D&D player. <laughs> which is basically my eyes are moving rapidly and I look stunned and shook it. Um, she gay gasped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I, so I like had a game plan of let me pick a few mushrooms to talk about, you know. And as I was flipping through the book, I saw a picture of a sloth. I said, Jason, you're in here too. <laughs> I called Jason a sloth. <laughs> as you can see, he really likes that. Um, anyways, there's certain species of fungus that live in the sloth fur. Well, lots of different species, right? Didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it was like, like eighty-four different species. That's insanity in is, one species of sloth. Which is so weird. Yeah. I mean, those were specific to Panama. I don't know if it's like all sloth, but I'm sure there's like microscopic mushrooms we don't even know about. And I would, I would say that yes, tropical sloths probably have more variety of fungus because you know, plants, fungi grow easier in tropical areas or climates. Um, but I would not be surprised if even the great land sloths that used to hike around Northern California or you know, yeah. North, North America, if they had many different fungal species living inside them. And also algae. I think algae are plants, though. And then lichen is a mix between yeah, the fungi and the plant. Yeah, they kind of talk about that a little bit in here. And yeah. I mean, some of the – this little Fungopedia book, it breaks it down in a really funny way. Um, but it also gets a little scientific where, you know, that stuff goes over my head. But I just focus on the funny stuff, like, which brings me to our first mushroom called the Big Laughing Jim. Jim as in G-E-M or like Jim as in a name? Jim. I don't know why they call it. It's Jim as in like the workout, but. Oh, like a workout Jim. G-Y-M. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, it's a super bitter magic mushroom. So it has oh. um, psilocybin. So. It does get you high. Um, it has compounds similar to kava, um, oh, which kava is like an extract made from a plant that from the root of yeah, the kava plant, and it like makes calms you. I think. I think it's a depressant. Yeah. I read. I don't count me on that, but um, yeah, it's used. It's a popular drink used in ceremonies for relaxation. Anyways, so it has similar compounds to kava. Interesting. Um, but guess what happens when you eat the big laughing gym? You laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just based off the name. Like, 
You laugh uncontrollably. Awesome. Um, so like laughing gas? Basically. Um, but also it kind of makes you sick. Most mushrooms do make you sick, like ones that contain psilocybin because we, like our gut can't really super digest it well. Um, anyways, so you will be cracking up hysterically, but also like have really bad nausea, dizziness. Um, you might pee excessively. <laughs> all while laughing. Like the book said, in an oft-quoted incident, a woman who'd eaten several of the mushrooms said, I'm dying and it's hilarious. <laughs> so she felt like she was dying because she was so sick, but it also makes you just laugh hysterically. Okay, I'm dying and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another person laughed and said, if this is what mushroom poisoning is like, then I'm all for it. So it also still gives you that euphoric yeah. feeling. I imagine, um, yeah, psilocybin is, uh, I mean, it's that's what it's used for. It makes you, Make you happy. Feel good. <laughs> Snap along if you feel. Um, so, it, like I okay, said, it no. is super bitter. Um, so, like, a lot of people don't eat a lot of them. It's hard to stomach. But there was one man who ate, like, a large number of them. And he suffered, I don't know how to say this, priapism, which is. I don't is, know what that is. A freaking boner ah. that lasted several days. Well. And that is no laughing matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, like if you eat just a shit ton of them, they also... Increases your blood Viagra, flow. Viagra, bitch. Yeah, increases your blood flow. So I would imagine that's what's happening. I guess. Yeah. So if you want to... But why would it stick around for four days? That seems I didn't excessive. say four days. Oh, several. several days. Even several days. That seems excessive. I mean... Uh, I guess Who knows? The, mushrooms are great. That's yeah. like the mystery the chemicals part stay in your body of for a long mushrooms. Time. Like, there's so much that we don't know. Like, why does it get as high? Why? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, why do? It's super weird to think about. Anyways, yeah. that's the big laughing gym. That's hilarious. I think I would try that one. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to laugh with you alone. Oh shit! That would be crazy. Um, and then the next one is cemetery mushrooms. Mm. Um, you mushrooms know, the ones that, that tend grow to grow in cemeteries? in cemeteries. So I thought this too, but it said like, contrary to popular belief, they are not like feeding on human remains. Well, no, because human remains are six feet below the surface. Very smart. The mushrooms That's are on the top. Mushrooms are aerobic, so they need, um, oxygen, which mm -hmm. obviously there's no oxygen six feet under there is oxygen six feet under it's just, just very not very small much yeah. right um but why they grow like a lot in cemeteries is because dead people release um yeah nitrogen and ammonia into the soil As and they guess what that is like a source of delight for them so again there's that thing like they're eating. is this a worldwide phenomenon that cemeteries have this specific mushroom growing in them I don't know. I oh. didn't. I just think that it's... Okay, so it says they grow there because of this, because they love the nitrogen and ammonia, and there's like an abundance at a cemetery because the dead or decomposing bodies are releasing that sure. into the soil. So that's going to be more than if, you know, our front yard. And I wonder if it's just a multitude of different types of mushrooms, not a very specific type. Well, I think they're... That's the You're name. specifically I, talking I about out a type. the, like scientific name because yeah. i don't even know how to pronounce them right. slash don't care like i'm gonna remember <laughs> cemetery mushrooms you know what i'm saying correct 
Um, anyways, Are they edible? Not in the magic mushroom sense, just edible. N- well, they talk about that. Well, let me get through this part real quick. Okay, go ahead. Um, and you, you were like, is it a phenomenon? Like, well, because cemeteries are also, like, constantly watered, that is another inspiration for fungal growth, basically. Um, but also because we embalm the dead, like, the embalming fluids, yeah. like, uh, formaldehyde, um, get released. And then lead from the coffins get released. And guess what? They gobble up those toxic substances for us which is great question are we still using lead in our coffins to this day i don't know yeah doesn't seem right well probably not i would assume not um but they said so because of this that could be a problem for people eating it because oh because it contains the lead yes yeah all the toxic stuff that's crazy so i thought that was cool like they, like, I don't know. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is, yeah, quite interesting. It's I didn't realize that formaldehyde would be released like in gaseous form, as we. Well, I didn't say decompose. gaseous form. Well, that's the only way it would get up into the soil, right? If it was released in solid form, it would fall you down. Gravity would pull it down. You don't know that. He doesn't know that, so don't take that as fact. <laughs> Right, because physics don't work. (laughs) I don't like you. Okay, quantum physics. The next mushroom, the death cap. Ah, One of the most famous uh, mushrooms in lore, and yeah, I mean, people know about the death cap for sure. Um, Plenty of video games have death cap mushrooms in them. Um, Death cap. Cap. Death cap yeah. mushrooms that you can use to make poison. I didn't know this. Cup. They have a sickly sweet odor. Yeah. Um, and it is responsible for ninety percent of all fungal fatalities. And it's because they look a lot like an edible mushroom, right? They're very hard to distinguish from a very a specific type of edible mushroom, and which is why people many make of mistakes. its victims mistake it for either the white Caesar. Or the edible patty straw mushroom. Interesting. So that is why the people die. And it's really deadly, right? Yeah. A single size uh, mushroom can kill not one, but two, three, or even four people. Jesus. Which makes sense, though, because a medium size is pretty decent. But still, like, that is a powerhouse of... That's a lot of poison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but several people on their deathbeds, when they've accidentally eaten it and they're dying, said, but it tasted so good. <laughs> so I guess it's worth it. Freaking <laughs> tastes good. I don't know about that. I guess if. Interesting that it would be so tasty and deadly. It doesn't have deadly. psilocybin, does it? Does it make you high? I don't oh, I have I no idea. That. I don't well, think it I, does. I don't, I mean, probably not too many tests done on it for that reason, right? <laughs> So, like, obviously you get the normal mushroom symptoms like nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. But, like, here's the reason why you die. Okay. So, the brooding bodies contain amatoxins and phallotoxins, okay. which are toxic cyclical peptides. Don't know what that uh, yeah. means. Basically, they inhibit the enzyme that's responsible for the production of our genes. 
So specifically uh, in what? the liver and kidneys. So it like breaks down gene production, which we need, obviously. Well, yeah, the liver is a regenerative um, yeah. organ. Yeah. That. Uh, wait. So that's why it kills you. It stops your genes from recreating. Yeah. Um, so in the liver and kidneys like, specifically. So basically. So you can't regenerate or. Yeah, I think the liver is constantly regenerating, and when those dead cells die, then the liver starts to, you know, become unfunctional, but it regenerates itself on a constant basis. So, yeah, serious cases require a liver or kidney transplant. Oof. Less serious ones require blood transfusions or kidney dialysis. Now, didn't we, I'm just remembering this randomly off the top of my head, didn't we watch like a documentary or something and it was like some other mushroom had like a you could inject them with some other mushroom and it would save them are you thinking of the honey thistle one honey thistle that was milk thistle that's what milk, it was yeah. they had eaten milk the of death the poppy caps of the milk I don't know uh, milk it of the poppy yeah. it was milk thistle and they were able to get some concentrated form from europe and they injected it them with it and saved their lives. It was on one of those shows, like, I survived. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> that was like, Jason, that was like Gosh, 10 years ago. I, yeah, I think that we was like that. early. I remember hearing that too, but we were blown away by that. I don't know what type of mushroom. I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, now. we need to like I research am. that. But she ate some sort of poisonous mushroom by No, mistake. it was definitely death caps. I remember it oh, being it death, death caps. Cap. Yeah, it was like one of my first. That was, so I remembered it because. They talked about her eating death caps, and I was like, I know that from video games. <laughs> That's why I knew oh, what a death cap mushroom was. Um, so, and I just had thought that that was like a mush, uh, a video game thing where people would put death in the title so you would know as a player no, it's, like it's a actual, poisonous thing. Yeah. Well, it's not the scientific name, yeah. but um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, uh. Well, and then, no, what's crazy is that I'm remembering this. The amatoxins <laughs> are thermostatic, so basically, like you can't, we can't kill them by cooking them or baking them or broiling them. Like, oh, so, they don't so get there's no way to so make it edible. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, damn it, because I kind of want to taste it now that everyone says Said it tastes it's so good, good on their deathbed. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Nothing. I'm not going to do that, but that's why I'm. I've recently become obsessed with mushrooms, obviously, but I don't. Quiet hunting is what it's called when you um, hunt Quiet for mushrooms. Quiet hunting? Yeah, it's when you're, ah! you're a mushroom hunter. Um, I think I'm most hunting scared. is mostly quiet until the gunshot goes off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they call it quiet hunting. That's funny. And don't they hunt for like truffle mushrooms with pigs? And pigs are definitely not quiet. Okay, you're on my nerves now. Uh, well, I'm just... <laughs> Uh, okay, and then we get to the stinkhorns. Also a very common video game mushroom. Stinkhorn caps in uh, Skyrim and Oblivion. All the Elder Scrolls series. Love very it. common. Are they all shaped like penises? Kind of, yeah, like three-pronged well, penises. literally the shape of a stinkhorn. Interesting. It's in the order phallally. Phallally? I don't know. And but which is phallic. Phallic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which indicates the shape of some stinkhorns. Uh, Not all of them. Greek language. Not all of them look like the penises. Some are shaped like a starfish, a basket, oh. a cigar, a lizard claw, a squid, 
The lizard claws. That's what the ones in the video game look like. Re- I don't yeah. know what that means. Like they're like like clusters? three, yeah, oh, three like cool. cluster of three little prongs. Um, whatever the shape, they all have one thing in common, which is their freaking disgusting ass smell, which um, emanates 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 yes from their um, spores, which is like a slimy mass. Oh, what? That's how it releases its spores. And like it's drib- just, dribbles a slimy mass? I guess. Ooh, that's it, gross. And it's been, uh, the smell has been described as being akin to ripe, decaying flesh. So. Oh, it's the best smell in the world. I would, lo- <laughs> I would love to smell one. Like, no, that's on my I bucket don't think list. I would like to. Yes, I just want to know that smell. Like, no, you already know it. You're the one who's like, it smells like death in our house. And then there was a freaking mouse under the bed that had been there for I don't know how long. And well, I'm like, thank you for how did you how did you smell that? Because I didn't smell that. <laughs> it was a bird. Our cat oh, my God. Yeah, bird. it was a bird. A full on fucking bird under our bed. Oh, my God. It, I was like, it smells horrible. <laughs> but no, I want to I know it has to have its own distinct flavor. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every scent does have like a flavor to it, right? Oh, shit. Um, But this little bit was interesting. So Charles Darwin's daughter, Eddie, famously collected stinkworms on their estate and burned them because she thought its shape would corrupt the morals of her maids. (laughs) 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 She was like, they're going to masturbate with these mushrooms. They're going to petrify these things and (laughs) use them for wrongdoing. Uh, That's hilarious. Yes. Um... And then the Fungopedia also talked about this lady, Maria Sabina. She's a shaman or a healer from Mexico. She's known as the priestess of mushrooms. Um, Obviously, she used them in, like, her rituals and stuff. She called them her saintly children. Nice. And she had, like, full-on intimate conversations with them. With her mushrooms. As one does. (laughs) Sure. Um, But... What really, like, made her famous and put her on the map was when American ethnomycologist Gordon Wasson uh, paid her a visit, ate some of her mushrooms, got back, wrote a 17-page article titled Seeking the Magic Mushroom, which was published in Life magazine, and this was, like, in 1957. Nice. So this article inspired numerous people to, like, travel to freaking Mexico and... You know, experience. be part of her ceremony and basically like a religious experiment. Um, experience. Some of those people were Mick Jagger, John nice. Lennon, Keith Richards, and Bob Dylan. Oh, Bobby D. I Bob like it. Bob Dylan said, Maria, give me your saintly children. Hey, she sounds like a D&D NPC. Like, I smell children. <laughs> Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. We watched Hocus Pocus too. Very cute. Yeah, um, nostalgic AF. Um, still, I would say the first one's better, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Why does always, everyone always have to compare it to the first one? It's because that's it's what a sequel is all about. Thing. It was good. No, it's really it not was. its own thing, though. It was based off of. And I will watch it. Every, first of all, I watch Hocus Pocus every year. Now I will watch Hocus Pocus 2. Right after, after we watch Hocus Pocus 1 yeah. every year. 100%. Okay, but back to Maria Sabina. The chaman. The chaman. Um, so after that, then, you know, all the white people once again ruined it. And she said. What? She felt that all her children, her saintly children, because, you know, she called them 
had um, lost their saintliness after, quote, the coming of white man. <laughs> well, I mean, we do kind of ruin just, everything, right? No, but uh, I just thought that was funny. I mean, I mean it's let's, not funny. L- let's look over history. White man has okay. pretty much ruined everything. Next up. <laughs> so, obviously, t- uh, reading and learning about all these mushrooms got me thinking about the fairy rings, which I have, yes. I have a candle designed after this called the fairy rings of power and of course it's a beautiful candle yeah so i was like why do fairy well fairy rings if people don't know it's a circle of mushrooms like that grow in like almost like a perfect circle so that got me thinking and also it affects the other plant life in the area so the the rings become very distinct in um and visible and i mean for it got me thinking why do they grow in a circle well for hundreds of years People thought that it was literally had to do with the fae, with real fairies that were which creating is exactly these circles. What I was getting yep. into, go ahead. Which was, so I was like, why do they grow in a circle? What? So of course I Google this. Um, well, and this is from the book too. But once thought to have been created by the nocturnal frolicking of fairies, lightning strikes, love crazed hedgehogs. Which what? I'm sorry. What? Yeah, exactly. Hedgehog. What? <laughs> Dances of witches on Walpurgis night, and most recently UFO landings. What? <laughs> uh, Walpurgis night? What the hell is that? I don't know. Do Do I look like I know? I no. <laughs> I guess not. This is from the book, so I don't know. Um, but obviously, well, who you, you could be. Um, but they're actually caused by an outward growing mycelium and mycelium is like the network, right? Yeah. It's okay. like the root structure kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's a, a loose comparison so yeah. that you can get a visual idea. So anyways, it's caused by the outward growing mycelium of a fungus that depletes the soil of its nutrients, thus creating what's called a necrotic zone in the center. Um... And what else did I say earlier? Like, so as the center dies out, the the grass on the outskirts, right at the edge of the circle, ends up getting all the like wonderful good nutrients, and it's the grass is greener, stronger, taller, healthier. So that's kind of how it creates. Well, yeah, shape. while creating the circle of death, it also creates, creates a ring of yep. exorbitant life, which is so cool. Um. Depending on the conditions, a fairy ring can grow a few inches or a few feet each year. Oh, wow. This is the part that blew me away. Some can survive for 400 years or more. And there's actually one in Stonehenge in southern England, and it is estimated to be at least 1,000 years old. <laughs> a thousand-year-old fairy ring. So that's on my bucket list now. When we go to Stonehenge, Henge, Henge. we are going to go... Check out the fairy, that fairy ring. ring. 100%. I'm going to take a thousand pictures in it. I'm going to dress like a fairy. Beautiful. And fairy drag. Also, the oldest known organism in the world is a massive fungi, mycelial network in a mountain. That's uh, so like on a hillside cool. or a mountain. See, those somewhere on, in the United States. Those are going to be on my bucket list. Yeah. Like visiting cool places. I think it's in like Oregon. I think that's where it is. What? Um, I was just there. I could have visited it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it has, I mean, it's massive. And they've tested the DNA from multiple locations on the mountain. And it is the same DNA. It's the same organism. And it is, it is I think, the biggest and oldest organism on, on Earth. That I one, could be wrong. I'm it might just be one of the two. But I think it's both. That. 
that's so cool. Mushrooms are so cool. I am a nerd for mushrooms. They are um, insane. The mycelial networks are insane. I mean, watch literally. Watch Fantastic Fungi because yeah. that will explain. But basically, it's like the it's like they keep the internet alive. web before the internet. The internet. It's it's uh, the internet for um, information. Yeah, they but pass it's information through it's the not tree only roots. information. It's also life saving nutrients that get yes. passed from tree to tree. Not so, only do they communicate, but they pass health potions back and forth. Correct. Yeah. Like it's like one tree gets more water in that year, and there's another tree that's not getting the water. Oh well, I'm gonna send some of my water over to this guy, and they send the nutrients necessary Very, via the mycelial network to keep the other trees alive in the forest, yeah. which is insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. And then one last point on fairy rings, which absolutely blew my mind. Probably You'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. But you know what is a fairy ring? Fucking ringworm. What? Ringworm. You know how it grows in Is it circle? fungus? Yes. No it way. It is a fungi. I did not know that. It creates the skin infection. Interesting. Yeah. Fernando Tatis should have done his um, research. What are you talking about? Oh, he blamed his PED suspension on ringworm. A ringworm lotion or something. No. 100%. Good for him. <laughs> nice try. Nice try, Tatis. Um, anyways, that's all I have on the mushrooms. That's all. Oh, okay. All right. That's. Did you want more? Good. I mean, I'm, I'm digging this combo. Oh. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about that. The mycelium network's pretty cool. Also, Star Trek Discovery has a really <laughs> oh, freaking yes. cool mycelial network in it, right? They do. So they, they in the Star Trek universe, um, kind of invented a, it's not another dimension. It's like subspace. It's, um, maybe it was another dimension. I can't really, I'm not 100% sure on it. But it's a mycelial network. It's basically a universe-wide fungus that has spread throughout the universe maybe spreading life throughout the universe um but the discovery uh the uss discovery is able to use their mycelial drive to warp across the universe so it's not really warp it's using this mycelial network what do they call to, it what's the term they use yeah, to the mycelial drive jump in and it. out yeah, yeah like... they basically jump or like transport from one place in the universe to another and they can do it instantaneously and now as well it kind of affects the user the person who's kind of controlling it um but other than that it's pretty much um on unlimited use except uh later in the series you find that it's hurting the mycelial network the fact that they're using it and so now it's i thought that wasn't why i thought it was now it's definitely their their transport that's doing it but it was because their captain was from another dimension who was um, yeah 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 using it um harmfully and yeah causing more damage than should have been caused I just found this one because you were like, more, more, more about I need mushrooms. More. Yeah. Let me just read this kind of really quickly. It's it. not very long, but this called Zombie Ants. This is just blew my mind right now. I, I, have, I have heard of this. I might have read this to you when I first started reading no, this. No, I believe I heard this on, it might have been Ancient Aliens, man. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some show like that, right? No, uh, but these go ahead. Ants are infected by an Ophiocordyceps species. 
often, don't know how to say it, whose mycelium controls the ants like a puppet master controls his puppets. You've got to be kidding me. The fungus in Asomycete is so knowledgeable about ant taxonomy that it releases different chemicals to control different ant species. Wow. This is a fucking fungi that does this. Also, um... The fungus also infects um, uh, locusts, certain certain types of locusts, and they do the same thing. They create zombie locusts. Yes, these chemicals act on the ant's neur- neural networks. Upon being infected, an ant sways back and forth like a zombie, then begins crawling up a nearby tree where it fastens its mandibles on a leaf or a branch. The time between the initial infection and the creation of the fruiting body is between four and ten days. That is, and then when it does that, to it climbs over the ant hill, then explodes, and those drain onto the other ants, which spreads the fungus. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it says so. The that's ant, what the locusts do as well. The ant typically clamps onto the north side of the tree at a height of at least eleven inches above ground. It also does so when the temperature is between sixty-eight and eighty-six degrees. Wow, these are very specific parameters. Seriously. And when the time is almost exactly at noon. It's weird. Such remarkable specificity, that's like literally what I just said, would seem to be ideal for dropping spores on the ant trails immediately below the fungus's fruiting body and causing the zombification process to repeat itself. Yep. Yeah, so the locust zombies literally fly and they create a, um, like a, a... it's it's not I think it's not sexual, but it's like a false um, uh, frenzy, like a fear frenzy, like something's happening to me, and the other locusts come to see what's happening, and then it oh like explodes God. and releases the spores. It is on the like other zombies on the like other ones, literally. Yeah, and uh, and even more so because check out how horrible and sad this is. As with ants, they affect their host's muscles, but seemingly leave its brain intact, which means the host remains conscious of its doomed state. Aware of what's happening. Terrible. But also wildly fascinating. Also, that is 100% leaves the possibility that humans can be infected by spores like that as well and literally become zombies. Oh my God, we can go through a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. If that fungus was ever to evolutionarily be created. Wow. Or by somebody in a lab. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. So, zombie apocalypse, man, could very well be real. Yeah. Um, except you could probably just cover yourself in tamactin and be fine. Here's a question for you. If fungi is so awesome granted we've just seen an example of fungi doing some pretty terrible things but i'm sure there are other you know beneficial things that that fungus does to the environment um why do my feet get terrible fungus that itch me all the fucking time and i have to spray them and put cream on them and wash them multiple times a day i know why because they're annoying as shit because you're a fun guy Athlete's foot. Oh my gosh. It's a real problem. Um, America, we should be focused on solving it. Wow. Um, <laughs> hashtag first world problem. 
us, us white guys just fucking up the world. But there are just a ton of documentaries on mushrooms and magic mushrooms. Um, so I've never had like a super proper trip because I'm fucking terrified. Because I've watched so many documentaries on it, which made me open to trying it to help with my anxiety and depression. And it was such a game changer. Like, after our data kitty died, I was very depressed, not being social, leaving the house for many, months. many, many months. And the only thing that turned me around was I started microdosing um, shrooms. And it helped me so much. It, it helped me just, like, honestly do day-to-day activities, like take care of myself and, you know. And then Get obviously it built, built up from there. Um but it, it's, like, been life-changing for me. It's yeah, so you have microdose. Um, well, you started microdosing. For a year now? Yeah. Not even. And now you haven't been lately. But um, you had done it. You did it probably for a good eight to ten months. So, obviously, because it is an illegal substance, so I'm not saying run out and do it because it is illegal. Um, in California. In California. Um, hopefully that changes. Um there's a lot of research being done, especially in states currently, Washington and Oregon, yes. um, to prove that the effectiveness of their mental health um, benefits are real. And it seems to be oh, it's trending towards wild. that. wild. I mean, there was a documentary I watched on people with terminal illnesses, and they, like, tripped, like a proper trip. You get real high. Um supervised like you know with nurses and the doctors or people studying them and they learn to like basically accept their death and not that they're excited to die but they're like oh my gosh i'm gonna be give back to the earth it just makes you understand death in a different way um which i think is so awesome i mean and that's different than the effects of microdosing right because microdosing you're not tripping or anything like that you're no, not feeling how, any this mental is effects what i try effects. to my analogy this is just something i came up with to best describe what a microdose is like so say pretend that a glass of wine has health benefits they claim but it is not alcohol yeah, is horrible for you definitely doesn't but Say you poured yourself one glass of wine and you took one sip of wine. Well, then you get the health benefits, but you're not getting drunk, right? You just took one sip. Correct. Basically, I'm taking that equivalent of one sip of wine. So it's very, very little. I can't remember how many. It's like point something grams. Uh, you're like a point two to point two five grams per microdose. And it takes a good three to five grams to get like trip. A, tr- a trip. Yeah. Yes. Um. I mean, I've definitely research, gotten I've high. I tried to sort of trip, but I didn't get that high, and I thought I was going to be a lightweight, and so, like, I took, like, the lower part, but I just ended up getting very high. I got very emotional, and I did, like, learn things. Like, it definitely shows you what you need to work on, what's been holding you back. Like, it makes you fucking connect with your deep issues and trauma of your soul and psyche like it's definitely a spiritual experience which is why i haven't even done a proper trip because i'm like am i fucking ready for that no <laughs> i'm a chicken shit yeah i mean it's uh, could I'm be like, life altering and exactly. uh yeah you have to face some real honest truths about yourself yeah. um 
it makes you deal uh, with the horrible, painful trauma, but it's like healing. It's very healing. Everyone, which is or why I most do of it. the research shows that the people who go through these experiences do find Experience them Experience like good. healing. Yeah. I mean, beneficial. like addicts have become sober. Um, it helps with sobriety, it helps with anxiety, it helps with depression, helps with coming to accept terminal illness and death. I mean, there's just like, the benefits are in endless. Yeah, and some um, people might say, you know, solving, you know, uh, addiction to some alcohol or some other drug by taking another drug, that doesn't seem well, right. But I don't even think it's a drug. Yeah, Government it, called it a drug. The, it's not a drug. Si- psilocybin is uh, effective in small situations. You can take it once and you can have a major effect. If you were to take it again right after that because you're fiending for that feeling or whatever, it doesn't have the same effect. Um, so it's really, really difficult to have like an addiction to psilocybin. Um, it's you really have to take and let your body completely take a break before you could ever experience the same experience, um, which is why. And you do I, build I, up. Nobody is addicted to mushrooms. You do build up a tolerance. Like I've had to completely experiment. Like everybody is so different. Um, and even like I, when I first started microdosing, I would take little, you know, chunks off and I would weigh it so I to make sure. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to grind it up. Like that just seems easier to me. So then I took the same amount. In a powder in, form. In powder form, ground it up and I like got high and I was like, what the fuck? So different parts of the mushroom have more of the psilocybin. I think it's the cap, obviously. Yeah. Um, so take that into consideration because I was like, why am I high? We are not advocating you to go out and buy illegal drugs and using them by any means. No, but if you're feeling anxiety and depression and you're at your wits end and you don't, you've tried things. Move to I Oregon say, where you can legally have a doctor prescribe them to you. I would say give it a shot or watch documentaries. At least watch just documentaries. Do research. Do your research. Learn about it yourself. Um, yeah. Please remember it is illegal, so I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying learn more about it. There's no harm in educating oneself. Certainly not. Information is Knowledge never is a power. Problem. Yeah. Because reading is what? Fundamental. <laughs> um what else? I guess that's like it. Yeah. Um that was a good um episode about fungi and uh I love mushrooms. Mushrooms. And um yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed learning from you and being taught some cool shit um and the fact that i had like memorized or remembered some random things that i had learned before while you were talking about it there's it's so fascinating stuff like that sticks in our brains i couldn't remember i was like milk of the poppy honey you got it though it was milk thistle no it was definitely milk of the thistle and milk thistle yeah and there's something about highly concentrated milk thistle that would counteract this death cap uh poison so if you ever eat a death cap on accident, maybe go yeah, to CVS and get that milk thistle. Yeah. But I'm the thing just is, kidding. how do that people know, like, so most mushrooms do, like, sometimes if I microdose or take, like, a bigger, you know, because I want to get a little bit, but above. See, a little bit say, of a half. Um, Smoke weed. I do get nauseous. It does, most mushrooms do make you feel sick because I, I can't remember the details but like there's like a certain enzyme that our stomach can't like break it down so we get yeah, it makes you feel before nauseous, we start yeah. to feel the euphoric feeling um 
what was I saying this morning? I'm not sure why, where you were going with that. <laughs> uh, nauseous. <laughs> Too many mushrooms. No. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about too real quick. Sorry. Um, you do build up a tolerance, like the same amount. Um, but then also it like builds up. Well, I feel like it builds up in my system. So right now I'm on a break. I haven't like in over a month. Yeah. You haven't marked those like, for I a while. Was, when I was really depressed and coming out of my depression, I like microdose like every day. And then I sort of backed off to like every other day. And then I was like once a week. And then I started to feel funny like a month ago. And I'm still not sure what it is. It might, I thought it was the mushrooms, but I don't know because I still experience that. Now I was just kind of thinking I'm hypoglycemic. Anyways, um, you know, just pay attention to your body. Um, and I don't even know if it was, but I am way less, I'm not even depressed anymore, I would say. And my anxiety. But I also, with that, I also go to therapy. I have a life coach. Like, you got to do the work. You got to do the work, too. Um, But it helps get you there a little bit quicker. And that has been, the research so far has shown that that is accurate. It got me out of bed. Um, Yeah. And Um, um, I think it's really cool that we can solve some of our issues we've been having, certainly in the last hundred years in this country or the world itself. With natural remedies that yes. people had been using for 10,000 years prior. Sacred but medicine. science was telling us that, no, it's we drug. have to. The fact that well, I won't say science. Drug. I will say companies who make drugs were telling us, no, you have to have this manufactured thing that we created that'll make you so much better, but it'll also give you diarrhea and may cause you to kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, I don't. But yeah. Mushrooms are life, mushrooms are cool. I want to write a song about them. <laughs> well, you could do that. Okay. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us on this uh, journey yes, across the fungal mycelial so network. Thank you so much for listening and letting me nerd out about mushrooms. Yeah. Um, and then I hope you listen to our next episode. At least, well, I guess I shouldn't promise that. Coming soon. Coming soon. I don't know which episode, but um, the next couple episodes we will have our first guest. Special guest. Special guest, Miss Alyssa Nackin. First MLB female coach in the First MLB. First woman coach in MLB. First woman coach History. on field in the Major League Baseball. She is in the Hall of Fame. She's won awards. San Francisco Giants coach, Alyssa Nackin. Also our sister. Also our sister. And she's amazing. Um, and I'm excited for you guys to delve into a little or pick apart her brain a little bit she is uh an amazing powerful human being who has uh very good things to say about mental health um personal growth and uh she's yeah she's she's, one of the best humans that i know i mean she might be the best human i know she's my hero i definitely look up to her for sure and her energy just is amazing. Love to be around her. Anyways, I'm excited to interview her. So in the her. next episode, two or three, we will have her on. As one of the guest. episodes coming soon. Probably the next one. Um, but yeah. Unless we can get another one recorded beforehand. Yes. But we don't know because we are very busy people. 
yeah, time flies. Things happen. Time um, flies when you're having fun. That's right. This was fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed listening to you, learning from you. Thank that was fun. you. I had fun. You know, I I love to talk, but especially about like things that I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I talked a lot less this time, which normally I'm talking way more. No, I think it's fine. I think no, I think that's great. I think it's awesome. I'd rather have more episodes like that because I think people get tired of hearing me. No. Yeah. I don't get tired of hearing you. I never yeah, get tired of listening that, to that's you. That's a lie. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, we all get tired of things. Yeah, shit happens. Anyways, thank you to our legendary loyal listeners for listening. Um, don't forget to purchase a candle from me, Sassy Jalapeno Designs, if you order between now and October 30th. Um, you will be entered into a raffle to buy one get one free awesome okay. how many winners are you selecting one. Oh, one winner okay that's awesome 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 yeah okay all right enjoy and uh stay nerdy yeah stay nerdy i love it okay thank you bye guys mm-hmm.